ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Oki Podcast. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Oki Podcast. On this episode, I have another amazing guest. He is the host of the MacNez Podcast and the co-host of East Society. My guest for today is Kevin Nez. How are you doing today, sir? I'm good, brother. I'm just, uh, I'm alive. And that's, uh, that's what counts. Taking care of the family, grandkids, everybody. Glad to be here, man. Uh, I, I got to give you a shout out again for uh, coming on uh, my show. I don't even remember when that was, a month or so ago. But, oh, man, I'm uh, glad to be here. Yeah. Yeah, for real. Like, yeah, that was a, uh, it seems like a long time ago. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. How's the weather out there? It's like I'm pushing 100 here in California. <laughs> man, it's hot as fuck here. <laughs> Gross hot. <laughs> it's, uh, I don't even know. Yesterday it was like 108. Oh, don't yeah. get that, that hot yet. Um, I, I work in Nevada at the airport and, they usually get the temperature from the airport because we're out there on the tarmac and oh my god, it's, it's tough. Um, I actually work in a bag room, so I'm in the AC taking the bags out to the plane. I'm like, oh, <laughs> 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 he hits you, and uh, oh man, it's crazy. But um, yeah, dude, listening to to your show, man, it just. I mean, you're you're on fire, brother, man. You just boom, 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 boom. Guest after guest after guest, dude. I mean, it, it's it's crazy. I'm gonna have to um steal some of your guests from you and uh, give them some uh, love on my show. So Bro, definitely want to do that for sure, man. Hit them up, man. They're they're always willing to come on and you know talk about whatever, man. They're all like good people. Uh, on native film talk did you see that he had Riker on his yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> ian as well i have to start yeah, stealing ian. some of his guests <laughs> i noticed the three of us were, were like in a triangle or <laughs> with the guests but that's all right man i mean that's what we're there for <laughs> but yeah i remember he was uh he was asking me he was like or he didn't ask me but he was telling me, he goes, yeah, I'm having Riker on. I was like, oh, for real? He goes, hell yeah. And I was like, yeah, man. I was like, Riker's cool as fuck. I was like, I hope you all have a good time. And then uh, I was like, well, I think I asked him when, but it was like a week before or something. But I didn't say nothing. I didn't want to spoil anything. And then that episode came out. I was listening. And I was like, dang. I was like, it's pretty cool, man. Everybody's connecting and everybody's like just having a good time. Like, it's awesome. It's awesome. Yeah, that's what I like, man. I mean, all these different uh, native podcasts uh, that I listen to, man, everyone's everyone's cool, man. Everyone's spreading the word on uh, uh, being indigenous. And that's awesome. I mean, I love I love doing that as well. In the beginning stages of my show, it was mainly just talking a little bit about me. And then I dove into movies and all that Um, guests here and there. But then um, when my buddy, he kind of wanted to start doing it. Well, I was the one that kind of like, I didn't force it on him, but I was like, dude, let's, let's do something. Cause we go to uh, uh, Comic-Con International in San Diego. Can't this year, hopefully next year we'll go. But um, 
I was like, come on, dude, let's just, just talk about our day. And he was real like, oh, no, I don't know. And I was like, dude, just it's just like a conversation. And he, I got that bug in him. And then he wanted to do more and more. And I said, dude, you know what? Come up with an idea for your own show and we'll put it on my network and we'll just do it every week. Jeez, oh, 500 and something episodes later, we're still going. And then the, that's how the E Society was, was born. So, I mean, it's cool. It's crazy. We need to, if not today or maybe tomorrow, uh, record our latest episode. I, I got some things I need to watch. But, um, well, yeah, man, uh, I know uh, I'm here for you, man. I mean, what, uh, again, what, like I said, dude, ask me anything you want. And, uh, I'm ready, man. Let's do this. <laughs> hmm. No, just kidding. So, bro, for the for the listeners, kind of tell us uh, where you're from and what was growing up like, and then what kind of what kind of led into just everything. Because yeah, man, you like your show's been like been going on for a while, but I know there's a lot that's probably happened before that, and and you were once talking about uh, was it without reservation? is that the uh, yeah <laughs> yeah and i remember hearing that so i mean bro just tell us everything <laughs> all right um my story is a short one everyone so i hope you guys got a few hours uh, of time to listen to me blab but um yes my name's kevin nez i was born and raised in um oakland california on the east east yeah, east side represent um i'm from the navajo nation uh my parents are both from uh the res in arizona my dad being from kaibato and my mother being from indian wells um they met in san francisco on a relocation program and then uh, my older brother jay he was born in sam no he was born out in the res in ganado and then uh, my dad, they were all three of them were living in San Francisco, but then my dad got a job in the East Bay. So they moved over there. And then uh, my mom got pregnant with me and I was born in uh, the greatest city in the world. I don't care what anyone says, Oakland, California. Um, and that's pretty much where my story begins. I mean, growing up um, in the city, being a quote unquote urban native, as people like to call it. Um growing up in a not so good neighborhood i would say i mean it was it, it was good and it was bad i mean we had fun playing out in the streets and riding up and down the street on our big wheels and skateboards came later and uh, going to a pretty much uh i wouldn't say it was an all black school but it was predominantly uh, a lot of uh, black kids uh, as well as um the, the Hispanic and the Asian community. And the only two natives in the school was my brother and I. And that it was, it was cool. I mean, I still have friends that I knew at my first elementary school before uh, my mother put us in a, in a different school. Um, people talk about um, how there's racism in school. I mean, be it, uh, let's just say, for example, well, I'll get to that later too, as well. Um, like with white kids being towards uh, the natives. Yes, it's there, and but not, I can't say everyone, all, all white people are bad. They're not. I mean, I got a lot of good uh, brothers and sisters. Um, but the 
the racism the racism that I came across uh, growing growing up at the first school was um, the typical um, stereotypical racism of uh, oh do, do you live in a teepee and how come you don't wear war paint and shit like that I mean and it, it was just at that point I was like you know what I don't I don't care uh, about that I mean I just man I'm gonna live my life and, and have a good time and go to school. Go to school, boys and girls. Always finish school. Um, so, I mean, just going through stuff like that. And it was, I, I, as a young, younger age, I was kind of thinking, well, that's not cool. I mean, but all right. I mean, that's how people are going to be the way they're going to be. So uh, we went there. I think I went to that school for three years. And then um, the Native American um child development center that was in Oakland. Um, it, w- it went through many different locations and that's where my mother worked. And so we, we were a part of that. I mean, going there meeting a lot of good friends that I'm still friends with today. Uh, shout out to my brother, Mike and my brother, Darren. Um, I st- still talk to them all the time. Mike has been on my show a billion times. So, I mean, I always see him. He's, he's a filmmaker down in, um, in the LA area. You guys should uh, check him out. That's uh, Mike J. Moran. He's the director of the smudging, the parties downstairs. Um, there's another project we're working on together. Not really sure on the title uh, as well as he's got a document, two documentaries coming out, uh, one on depression and the other one. Uh, he's a, a toy collector like I am. And he, uh, he does a film for photography of everything. I mean, search up uh, Mike J. Moran and, find out all that but um so going to another school which was pretty much up in the hills in the rich part of oakland and uh and going from a a predominantly black school to almost an all-white school and how i mean i still got friends uh, that i know there that to this day and but going to that school and me being the, again the only two natives in that school my brother and i um how how they were again just the the stere- stereotypical shit i mean same thing tp war paint all that and, woo, 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 and on all that bullshit mm-hmm. but at that point I, w- I was getting a little older and i was just i was starting to get tired of it i mean just i was you know what if you can say something like that to me then i'm gonna start up and one thing led to another fists are flying and that's how, how, how it was. I mean, it, it, it sucks uh, that it happens. And, and I know it still happens today. I mean, even my boys growing up, the, some of the stuff that they had to go through in this little hick town that I live in right now. Um, it's, I don't know. It's, it's always going to be there. People act like racism it was never there or, or it's gone or it, it's always there at some point so i mean it, it sucks that we have to go through it everyone has to go through it but it, it i was i was just getting tired of it i mean it was but then the thing that was weird about that when i got into fights with these guys that were saying shit to me uh that i didn't that i didn't like some of them became like really good friends <laughs> it was weird like i beat the shit out of them and next thing you know we were buddies um it, it was weird like that but i mean i guess that proved proving them that i was no punk but um and junior it went through all all schools elementary uh, junior high into high school 
little bit of college that I did. I didn't, I didn't finish just ended up started working, but as growing up uh, in Oakland, I mean, the native community in, in Oakland, California, or in the whole Bay area itself, man, it, it is huge. Um, because I, I, other than meeting my friends, all the friends that I meet, I met at the native American um, child development center. It's all, it's called Hento. Um, I mean, we, we grew up together, knowing everybody doing all these uh, events, going to, to powwows all, all throughout the Bay area um the the holiday uh programs that they put on as, as well as parties for for the younger kids um it, it was it was the the native community down there is huge and and it was cool though because everybody knew each other everybody's families knew each other everybody knows my mom down there well, my mom and dad since moved uh once they retired they moved back uh to arizona but i mean everyone knows who we are um I want to say Nez was uh we were the only Nezes at one point there's some now but at that time we were the only Nez family uh in in the bay area or in Oakland that I could that I can think of if there was some other ones I, I didn't know them but um it was cool I mean everyone knew us I mean, so it was kind of hard for me to I, mean, I could go out and be dumb in other places in in the streets but if I was at a, a native um gathering I couldn't be bad because everybody knew my mom and it always got back to, Hey, your son was over there doing this. Uh, and it always got back to her. So it was like, ah, I had to <laughs> watch myself uh, when I was at those things, but it was still cool, man. I mean, I loved doing all that. I mean, some, some people that I came across throughout uh, my travels throughout this great, this uh, great country that we live in um, or even some of my friends, they when i meet them i i know they're native but they just don't don't want to be native i mean i'm like really um and it's and it goes back to situations of racism of how they were treated from wherever they became i mean being treated so bad that 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 you don't want to speak your language you you don't want to identify with your tribes and and your community i mean it's sad but it does happen i mean one of my buddies he was just like his mom was native and his dad was white and I, I don't know what happened within their family but his dad was kind of just more mad that um he was with a native woman and i, I, I and now thinking about it i'm like well, well then why did you want to be with her first of all but i don't know to each his own so that side of his father his his father telling him that yeah this is that side is is dumb and that side is wrong don't don't believe in that and his dad was a church goer and uh, not saying that religion and church is bad, but he, his mom was more spiritual and everything. And she, and she, she, he would tell us "Ah, that that's, that's all wrong. Don't, don't listen to that. Listen to the, to this good book. And this is what he told me earlier. I mean, uh, later on as, as we, as we grew up, um, not right now, man, he's long hair, everything. So he, uh, he kind of came, came out of his shell, but he did tell me, he was like, I didn't want to be that way. I mean, I, at, at some point in my life, I was like that as well. I mean, just being just teased and, and everything being tortured for being native. And I was like, I, I don't want to, I don't, I didn't want to be that anymore. I mean, it was, it was, that was just a little small time growing up as a kid, just because of being teased and everything about it. And then, but after a while, I mean, as I, 
talking to family, uh, friends, um, many elders telling us, always be proud of who you are. He goes, people that say stuff mean to you about your culture and you being native is are they're mad that they aren't. So I always I always thought that. And then I was, you know what? I need to be loud, proud, and strong. And, and that's what I became. And I was, I was like, hey, yeah, what, what are you? People always just assume uh, that I'm Mexican and speak Spanish to me. And then I'm like, I don't know what you're saying. And then they get all mad at me. Why don't you speak Spanish? Aren't you Mexican? And I'm like, no. And they go, oh, <laughs> but I mean, that's, I'm sure other people have also have gone through that, but I guess I should learn some Spanish so I can tell them that I'm, that I'm not, but um, it, it was just stuff like that. And with my buddy, man, he, again, he thought he knew it was wrong uh, when he was older. And then he, cause it, it took a lot for him to say that to me. Cause I did tell him, I said, dude, you acted like you didn't even want to be native or go to any of this stuff and then that's when he told me his story and i was like man i mean that that was deep um i haven't spoken to him in a while but i see him every now and then but i mean that's the type of stuff that um some of us go through i mean it, it's sad i mean like my, my kids i mean i always told them to be proud of who they are as well as i'm telling my grandsons i mean they're, they're still little guys but um I'm, I'm going to be, I'm going to teach them what I was taught. I mean, always be proud of who you are. Don't be mad that you, your skin is, is dark. Don't be mad that your, your hair is long. I mean, I'm, I'm only one tribe. My kids are Navajo, Paiute, Pitt River, and Ho-Chunk, as well as my grandsons. And I tell them, you guys got to be, be, be proud of every tribe that you are. And any of you that are listening, I mean, as well, all of you, so... I mean, that's, that's the, how I grew up. So, I mean, other than just being a, a part of the native community, I mean, I just going to school. Um, yeah. I, I did the Cub Scouts and the Boy Scouts for a little while, but then after a while, I just kind of, eh, I got tired of it. So I, skateboarding came into my life. So once I got that, um, I kind of got into it when I was really young in the late seventies, but I really, really dove into it in the eighties. And that's all I, all I was about was skateboarding. And I'm, what, 49, about to be 50 in a couple months. And I still ride my skateboard every day. Yeah, I'm not as skinny and slim and trim as I used to be and, and all the tricks that I, I can't do anymore. But I, I'm still out there. I mean, I can't, get, can't take my skateboard away from me. I'm, I'm going to ride that to the end until uh, my bones say you can't ride anymore. But until then, I'm always going to be a skater for life. So just diving in, into that, that was, um, I, I, I did the sports thing. Uh, I played soccer uh, for a while um, for the, uh, for the Hento uh, team. It was cool though, because that was when I can't remember how old I was. We were the very first um, in, in the Bay area at the time, we were the very first uh, native soccer team. Uh, shout out to, uh, Oh, he just passed not too long ago. Um, one of the many dads that raised us, uh, Sonny Arenado, he was our soccer coach. And man, we, we, it was tough in the beginning because we didn't really know much about soccer. But as we learned and learned, yeah, we lost games and yeah, we won games, but it was hella fun. It, it was cool to be, to show up at, at these, at these games and everybody on the whole team was native from the Bay Area. So, I mean, in Oakland uh, is where the team uh, was founded. 
and it was cool to see that that team carried on. I'm not sure if it's going anymore, but it went on for many years after us. But we we were the OGs. We were the very first ones. I know my mom's got all the pictures of our, of our soccer team. I eventually got to get those from her. But it, it was cool doing that, and it was cool. Uh, other than everybody on the team was my friend before we even became uh, a soccer team. So that was cool. And then joining um, or being part of a, a native baseball team. Um, geez, what was that? They called it NADAP. I cannot remember what it stood for, Native American something. Uh, I can't remember. But that was cool. I mean, again, that whole team, all Native guys. One of a bunch of friends that I grew up. Pretty much everyone that was on the soccer team went over. Uh, there was two different uh, baseball teams, Native baseball teams. There was the Giant Blues, and then there was the NADAP team. It was I knew friends on, on both of those teams. So that was cool playing baseball. Uh, during that time, I was skateboarding because I would ride my skateboard to, to practice and everything. But then after a while, I think I just kind of got tired of, uh, of, uh, of playing sports. Um, I, I love football. I love baseball, hockey, and I love uh, wrestling. Um, the WWF, that was what it was in my day. Now it's WWE, but I, I love all that um as a little kid and i still watch it today and my, and my wife and my kids are, why do you why do you still watch? don't worry about what i'm watching <laughs> just, i love wrestling it's awesome but uh doing doing the sports teams and all that which which was which, which was fun I, I loved it all of it it sucked when we lost but it, it was still fun but i think my my at that time my life was was skateboarding that's all i wanted to do i mean i went to school during school you're supposed to concentrate on your studies but my mind was on skateboarding there was times where i did cut school just to go skateboarding well with friends and everything but i mean throughout all that parents finding out and everything and then uh, all right let me just uh go to school and finish it uh, i did graduate barely but i graduated so um i i was good that i that i had done that um shout out to my buddy terry if it wasn't for him, I wouldn't have graduated because he helped me through all my schooling because um, he was my little skateboard buddy uh, as well. He was like, come on, man, let's go skateboarding. Let's go. And I said, I got to do this homework. And then he'd be like, oh, and he'd sit down and uh, help me out with it here. All right. This is how you do. He always explained it to me to where I could understand it. I'm like, oh, OK, that's easy. And then I do my homework and then I'm done and we're out skating. Um, so, I mean, it was cool. Uh my brother, he was out skating as well, but he had his crew of friends. So at the time when we were skateboarding, it was me, uh, my two little buddies, the two little uh, Chinese guys, Terry and Phil. Uh, and then uh, one of my white buddies, uh, Gav, he, he skated. And, uh, he lived a couple of blocks from us. We also went to school together. And um, then I got uh, my other friends. My, uh, my native buddies, I got them into skateboarding because I was always doing it. Because every time we went to powwows or something, I, I would just kind of take my skateboard off to the side and go ride. But then my buddies, oh, this all looks fun. So uh, my buddy Darren, Carl, uh, Lavore, Joe, oh, who else was with us? It was mainly that, that was the main, the main guys, uh, native guys. Uh, we'd all go skateboarding. I mean, they all ended up getting skateboards and it was, it was, People thought we were a gang, a skateboard gang for some reason. I don't know, just because it was, we loved skateboarding. 
skated all over the Bay Area, San Francisco, Oakland. I mean, San Francisco, if you guys are skateboarders and you've never been there, that's the place to go because there's nothing but hills. Um, looking back at it now, I'm surprised none of us died from skateboarding, from bombing those hills and flying in front of cars. Yeah, you younger oh, listeners, man. that that isn't safe. But <laughs> we did it, man. I mean, holding on to the back of buses or, or cars or whatever and, and just just doing crazy, the craziest things. Flying through traffic and, and not caring, just having the time of our lives. I watch these cats now in these videos that these guys post. And, and I'm like, watch out. But then, yes, yeah, some guys get hit by cars. But we, we, were, we were lucky. I mean, knock on wood that we we none of us ever really we all got hurt skateboarding but we never got seriously hurt we never got hit by cars or, or anything but i mean but but it was fun it, it was cool man um i out of my buddies the, the native guys that, that were skateboarders um as well uh my brother i guess yeah he hung out with us sometimes uh, my brother and i my older brother he's 51 i think 52 52 he's still out there riding I mean, it was because of him that I started skateboarding. He got his very first skateboard when we were kids in the 70s and watching him, and that looked fun. And then uh, getting my very first skateboard, probably 78, 79. Those old skinny banana boards is what they call them. I wish I still had it, but somebody stole it. Um, It was yellow. It was yellow, and it said Sizzler on it. If you look it up, on, I found it online, but I'm not, but not about to pay that price for what this guy was selling it for. I mean, I, I wish I still had my very first one. My brother has his very first skateboard still. Um, but riding that and as skateboarding changed, I mean, the, the board started getting bigger. Other than there were just those little thin plastic ones and then it turned to wood uh, and everything. And it just, the, the boards got wider and longer and I mean, skateboarding has changed from late 70s when I started to right now in 2021. I mean, just the whole skate scene is different. The skate culture is different. There is a ton of native uh, skateboarders out there. I mean, shout out to Dustin Craig, uh, four-wheel war pony. Um, that I, I talk to him every now. I got to get him on the show at some point. Uh, he had his company going, or he still has his company going. And um, who's the other one? Wounded Knee Skateboards, um, Apache Skateboards, and there, I know there's more. I, I know there's many more, but I, I my old my old mind is going, everyone. Um, but the, there's you can go YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, and just watch all these native rippers out there. I mean, as well as the uh, the guy, the gals too. Uh, I see them out there. I mean, there's all the skateboard parks are everywhere now, and skateboarding is is huge. I mean, for us growing up, we didn't have skateboard parks. So you younger rippers right now, you guys are lucky you have all that. We didn't have no no skateboard parks. I mean, the only things we had were the streets, uh, a schoolyard if there was a bank or curbs, uh, hills. I mean, everything. If we found an empty swimming pool. Uh, we'd skate it before we couldn't skate it that was awesome finding pool empty pools and when you found it you had to you had to ride it because if you if you just oh i won't no you get in there and you do it and then because it might not be there tomorrow it might be full of dirt the next day or just cemented over or someone puts a dog in there and then we can never go in there 
And we, we found pools all over the place. I think one of the best one, the, the pool that I learned to skate uh, pools in was called Blood Bowl. It was, um, it was like deep in the hood uh, of Oakland. And um, the area was not the, the greatest, but um, they didn't care that we went there. It was a, a pool, empty pool behind this apartment complex. Uh, we would walk through. We would walk through the the parking garage, and then we'd climb up onto this wall, and then there was this pool, and that's where I learned how how to ride those pools. Uh, it's a. I don't even think I know it's gone. It ain't there because I'd probably still be riding it. But it was cool to see all that. Uh, everyone going there, and then just finding pools locally, uh, which were there for a day, and then they were always full of dirt. Um, going to um, there was this place called the Hook. It was like a reservoir. Uh, and end of it I, I know that it was it was um it, it was like real it was kind of steep where water came down and then it went flat and then it just curved up like a hook and um when you skated that i mean thinking about it now i mean we we'd go there for like an hour or so and it was fun but it was one of those places where you get busted and get arrested if you got caught there and like I said, it's a water runoff. Never, ever really thinking that what if water came down? There'd be no way out of that thing unless you, if you, there was a rope that we had to climb down to, to get to it. Because I was sitting there thinking, man, what if water came down? We'd be dead. <laughs> and they would probably wouldn't find us until oh, fuck. It, it emptied. <laughs> so, Damn. I mean, it, I mean, stuff like that. I mean, even we used to go crawl around in, in the sewer system. Um, uh, there was these uh, casting ponds uh, up in the Oakland Hills and there was a, a freeway next to it and there was these tunnels uh, those little sewer tunnels uh, where, where the water went in and you could go You can. it was kind of, it was shaped like a Y you can go in one, you get to one point then you can see the other side because as you can see the light so you can go all the way through uh, yeah there was a bridge that went over but the cool, cool kids went through that tunnel to get to the other side of the freeway but uh, at the at the little junction where the Y, it went off into the darkness. And one day we were thinking, man, we should go see where it goes. So the stupid kids that we were, we got flashlights one day and we went. Uh, all I don't know how far we went. And it was dark until we got to this big giant room where there was some light because you could see the um, the little manholes, the, the light coming through those or the little uh, sewer runoff things um yeah it didn't smell the greatest down there yeah we saw plenty of rats and everything but um it was crazy again thinking of that too what if a big gush of water came Pff, they would have never found us but <laughs> i mean that was the stuff we did growing up in the city i mean people when people ask me i live on a reservation now uh where my wife's from and uh People goes, oh, is it different? Did you grow up on the? No, I didn't. I grew up in in, in Oakland. Um, people, people, some people get mad at me when they meet me. They go, oh, where are you from? Oh, I'm from Oakland. And they go, no, where are you from? I went, Oakland. And they're like, where are your parents from? Where where are your people from? Uh, these are other natives asking me this. Damn. Oh, they're from uh, from Arizona. My dad's Kabuto. My mom's Indian Wells. Well, that's where you're from. No, it's not. I mean, yeah, my families are from those areas and I still have family down there, but I, all I knew was growing up in the city. I, I was again, quote, unquote, I was the urban native. I, I grew up in Oakland. I represent Oakland every day of my life. I mean, that, that was me. So 
Yeah, I knew the res. We went there every summer. Um, my mom and dad would leave us uh, over there and we'd uh, help my grandparents uh, run their um, their farm. I mean, they, they had animals, sheep, cattle. Uh, my grandfather uh, had a cornfield. So we did all that. I mean, at the time do- doing all that growing up as a kid, my mom, basically, every time Sue's school was over, they just take us out to Arizona and then they would go back home because they, they still had to work. So they would leave us there. And my grandparents, I mean, I, there was times I'm like, oh, they're just going to make us do this. You're going to make us do that. At the time, as a kid that just wanted to play and skateboard, you couldn't do that out. Yeah, we could play and everything. Skateboarding, the only, the only time we could skateboard is if we went to the highway or, or to the school. Because where my grandparents lived, they were deep on the, on the res where it was just dirt roads everywhere. And I didn't, I didn't have a bike or anything to ride. So learned how to herd sheep city boy out there learning how to herd sheep uh, helping butcher which i can i can't do now i don't know i just other than i can't eat that the meat anymore um some people some of you now probably going what what i i, I can't <laughs> and i used to tear it up when i was a kid <laughs> but I, I just can't anymore um it, i think the last time i was out there um they were butchering and i was helping them but that was it when it came to cooking and eating it, I, I just, I just couldn't eat it. So, but, um, learning that type of stuff. Uh, my grandparents did not have electricity or running water. And, uh, both of my, both of my side, my, my son and, uh, Chanel, they, in, in, in the Kibito, my mom and dad or my dad's parents, they didn't have running water or electricity from, they're both, they both passed, and I, st- I still don't think they had running water and electricity. Um, my mom's parents, they at one point, they finally got running water. And then many, many years later, they finally got electricity. But I mean, growing up like that, um, it, it was kind of weird at first from as far back as I can remember. Like, where's electric? Where's your TV and stuff like that? But um we learned how to to just deal without having it i mean when night came uh, my grandfather broke out the little uh coleman lantern and fired it up and we had light and we it was just conversations we'd talk about listen to my grandpa what he did at work today or talk he'd ask us what did we do oh did you guys take sheep out and yeah and then we tell him yeah we had to chase the goats because they ran up into the mountains those damn things oh many many times climbing up that big giant mountain to go get them down <laughs> You had to watch them, man. They they would just run off from from the whole uh, flock, but um, just doing that. I mean, they kind of my grandpa. Okay, this is what you do: just get let them out of the corral and let them go that way, and then kind of keep an eye on them. So okay, you letting two little city boys that don't know what the hell they're doing. All right, but we learned. We learned how to do that. Learned how to ride horses out there, and that that was fun. I haven't rode a horse in forever, but I mean, being taught that way, yeah, just get on and do this, do this, and. Next thing you know, I'm out there riding a horse, herding sheep. That was the best on a horse. Walking, oh, in that summer heat in Arizona, that was no joke. <laughs> mm. oh, but but it was fun. I mean, I love it. I'm glad that that I experienced that. I mean, yes, at the time I was a little kid. Oh, I don't want to do this. I don't want to do this. But I'm 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 glad I did do it. I mean, I'm here telling uh, the, the story about it, and uh, I loved going to the cornfield and everything. I mean, eating fresh vegetables. I mean, just pulling corn right off the stock. Next thing you know, we're throwing it over the fire and, and roasting corn. Or my grandfather also grew watermelons. And summertime was the best. 
and uh, he just busted at the bust that watermelon open at the end of the either the tailgate or the bumper, and then just dig in and start eating. Yeah, you're all sticky afterwards, but <laughs> it, it was that, that those were the good times. And it, it sucked when when my grandpa passed. That just really floored me. Um, my grandmother, she's still going. Um, I think she's turning ninety four. I love going down there and talking to her. Hopefully my mind can be like hers if I'm ever in the nineties. Cause she could remember everything when I was, uh, she told me her whole story last time I was down there, which how she met my grandfather and, and everything. Uh, he was in the Korean war. And uh, I thought this was a cool story. He, he met my grandmother. Uh, they were young, fell in love. He, he had to go off to war, but he told my grandmother says, look, probably a good idea that I might, I might not come back. So if you find someone, go for it. And my grandma's like, all right. Yeah, she married and had a couple kids with someone else. But then when my grandpa came back from the war, they got back together. So I, I thought that was that was a story I, I, I never knew uh, about them. But it was because I, I, my aunts and my uncles, I was like, how come you guys have different last names and you're not Yazi like everyone else? And I never knew that until my grandmother told me that story. And I was like, wow. I mean, that's, I mean, I thought that was cool. I mean, how many guys are going to tell your girlfriend, hey, I'm going off to war, but if, uh, if I don't make it back, you can, uh, whatever. <laughs> Usually they go, I thought, I thought that my, my grandfather was an amazing man. I, he never, ever raised his voice to us. And my grand, my grandmother's the same way. Uh, I tell my mom and dad when they, well, actually my mom and dad are coming up next week. Um, since the pandemic started that nobody really came over because it hit, it hit really hard in, on the Navajo res. And yeah. it, it, it was bad there. I mean, my grand, my grandmother got it and I thank the creator that, that she got through it uh, as well as my aunt, my mom and dad both got it. I mean, because they had to go to the, uh, to, they had to bring, um, food and stuff to my grandmother every every week pretty much um because she's old and she just sits there and watches tv but uh they always brought stuff over from town um and then one day my mom went in to drop some stuff off and that's when she found out that my grandmother was sick and that's all it took she was only in there for a few minutes and boom she got it uh but they everybody is good all my family Except, except for two, they, my uncle and my aunt, they had passed. They, they had other health issues, but once they got the, they got sick, that, that was it. Um, and it sucked, man. I mean, that when my mom told me, I was like, oh, and it was scary though. Cause when I found out my grandmother had it and I was like, oh no. And then when my mom and dad said they had it, I was like, oh, cause my mom called me and said, hey, I, I don't feel good. I'm going to the hospital. And I was thinking, is this the last time I'm going to talk to my mom? And I just, that little kid came out in me. and I was tough, but she, she's a tough woman. She's been through a lot. So they, she, they both got over it. Um, it, it, shit, it was here in my house. My wife and my son got it. Um, and that was tough. My wife had it the worst uh, out of the two. And it was, it was, it was crazy. Um, I was just expecting for it to hit me at, at, at some point. And, and, and it didn't knock on wood. Thank thankful that, that I didn't get it, 
but then yeah. I was I was kind of good that I that I didn't get it because I was able to do stuff for them. I mean, uh, make sure they had just the stuff that they needed. Made sure that when they wanted to eat, made sure they had that. My son, it was it was weird on my son. He got it, but never had any symptoms. He was just sitting there. No, I'm fine. I'm fine. I can hear him in there playing his guitar or playing his video games with his friends online, laughing and screaming. So I knew he was okay. It was my wife, the one she was just like, uh, the whole time. And that was, that was nerve wracking itself, but I was glad they both, they both got over it. And, um, it was just, again, thank the creator. I didn't get it. Um, it's still out there. Everyone, people act like it's not, and it's, I don't think it'll go away, but it, it was it was it was scary once it um got to, to to our family and how bad it got i mean not just on the navajo res i mean it went wild everywhere throughout the world and i mean didn't want this to be something that was going to take out our indigenous communities because i mean the other reservations throughout throughout the country it was hitting them hard as well so it was like oh man i, was, I just didn't want that I mean, we've all been through enough. I mean, as well as our elders that had probably a little bit more tougher time uh, in their younger years. But I mean, just what this we 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 I didn't want this to take to be the end of of native community. Didn't want this to be the end of the world, <laughs> really. But uh, it, it's cool that it's it's still out there, but it's kind of under some control. I mean, I guess I can dive into the the hip hop thing growing up. <laughs> Uh, again just listening to all the old stuff uh from the from the disco era the sugar hill gang and into the from the late 70s rolling into the into the 80s when hip-hop was was growing up uh was getting big i know a lot of it wasn't being played on the radio and then because at that time they, they didn't have time for it i guess and then they eventually got to the radio and then all these big then the big names started coming out always been into hip hop, always been into rock and hard music and thrash metal and all that. Um, in the nineties, I can't remember why. Um, my brother-in-law, he loved hip hop. He's older than me and he wanted to start a, a group and he asked me if I wanted to be in it. Now, at first I was kind of like, eh, not really, but he was like, come on, man, it'll be fun. And this group is, uh, for those of you that don't know without reservation. I was never really satisfied with what what we put out. I don't really listen to it that much. I mean, it was fun to perform, but the uh, the albums we did, I just I don't know. I just didn't like how I sounded on them. I know you can hear the first album we did. Uh, it's called I think it's called "Are You Ready for War?" War is W O R. Just type in without reservation. Uh, reservation is with a Z. R-E-Z-E-R-V-A-T-I-O-N. And I'm sure, I think some of it, I'm pretty sure some of it is on YouTube if you guys want to listen to those. But if I had to pick a favorite track out of that album, I think Red, White, and Blue uh, was my favorite one. It was, I love doing that show, that, that song uh, live. We started, uh, we actually, um, the Intertribal Friendship House in Oakland. At the time, my mother, my mother-in-law was working there. So she was always working really late. So if we needed a place to practice, we would go down there and do it. The first place we played was the, um, uh, I think it was American Indian 
music festival in Oakland, Estuary Park. Don't ask me what day it was. It was date. It was somewhere in early nineties. And we played all oh, that time. I played the drums. Uh, we didn't, we didn't have a, a beat track or anything. It was something spare the one. Let's do this. All right. So I just drug up my drum set and, and, and we did it. Uh, it didn't sound the greatest, but everyone liked it. I was like, okay. I mean, I thought it was going to be like a one and done thing, but then people were like, oh, you should come play here. You should come play here. And I'm like, uh. so we started doing that's when we kind of hooked up with some guys and then we made some beats and everything. And then we just started at that still in, in the beginning stages. I didn't think it was going to go anywhere. Um, but I mean, I knew uh, our community had was down for us. They, they loved what we did. They loved what we were saying. Um, we weren't up there. Yeah, we got money. We got this. We got cars. Now nah, that I mean, if you do that, cool. And that's what you listen to. Fine. But we were up there. We were talking more of uh, the native struggle at that time and everything. I mean, listen to that album. I mean, to me, again, the deliveries weren't the greatest, but the message is there uh, with that album and, and all the songs we had uh, me doing some cleaning. I found some old demo tapes, cassette tapes of, of, of some of the first things we'd done. I don't have a tape player, so I, I I don't know. I guess I could find one somewhere. <laughs> That's what I eventually want to do. Get find that old tape, uh, some kind of tape thing, and hook it up to my computer and just put all the audio in there. But uh, I don't know who put uh, our songs on YouTube, but they're they're on there. Um, shout out to whoever did it. Thanks. But uh, I think you can buy the album on iTunes, um, bro. I think so. Let me let me check really quick. I. You know what? You can. Oh. <laughs> I think it's like eleven ninety nine uh, for this album. I'm like eleven ninety nine, but uh, all right. I mean, to each his own. Um, we don't get a cut of it, but all right. <laughs> Let me see. <laughs> I think it's. I think it's still on here. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. yeah that, I, I just found it. There it is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. How much is it? Eleven. Eleven ninety nine. Is that what I'm seeing? Yeah, that. Um, uh, shout out to uh, Jean Lamar, uh, uh, my uh, wife's aunt. She's the one that did the the cover for us. Uh, we put it out in Canyon Records, and it, it's out there for everyone. Like you just said, you can buy it on iTunes or listen to it on YouTube. But if you want to buy it, go ahead. We don't get a cut of it, but go ahead. I don't know how all that works, but I mean, I didn't write any of it. So I'm like, eh, I'm not worried, <laughs> but if people still listen to it, cool. It's weird though today. I mean, I, I get it. Not all the time, but every now and then people, Hey, weren't you in that group? Or, or some guys will send me a picture. Hey man, look what I found. And uh, it's the old demo or, or the old C or the, this, this album. Uh, we put out a second album called world war two. Um, that one we did pretty much ourselves and put it out ourselves at that time. When that second album came out, I, I was not, I really didn't want to be in the group anymore because I was starting my family and I didn't have time to do, uh, everything we did in the beginning. I mean, my daughter was there, um, in the beginning stages, but, um, my wife, she just pretty much just stayed home. I mean, my wife was really supportive on, on the whole thing. She was like, I like what you guys are doing. Everybody wants to hear you. Go ahead and go do it. She was never like, ah, you don't spend time with me. Ah, your daughter's growing up without you. 
No, I mean, she was always there. My, my daughter was a little baby and she was there at our, our record release show. If, um, we did a show in San Francisco at Chrissy Field. Again, it was for the Intertribal Friendship House in Oakland, the American Indian Film or American Indian Music Festival or whatever they called it. We played that and we were supposed to be one of the openers uh, of the whole thing, but we actually closed uh, the Saturday night because somebody else was supposed to go on after us, but they they had to leave so they went on right before us and they told us to to close the show and i was thinking really everyone's gonna be gone nobody left i mean everybody was there for us i don't know why but okay thank you um but it, it was cool it was awesome to do that uh the second night we the second day of that show um we actually we didn't close it but uh, uh the r&b singer shaka khan she ended up playing the sec the last night, and we opened for her. Basically, there was other other people uh, on the bill, but we were, I guess, one of the headliners just because of we were locals and everyone knew who we were. So that that was fun. Um, I think the biggest crowd we ever played it, it was a few thousand. Uh, we went up to Canada in Vancouver, northern Vancouver, and played. I think it was called Under the Volcano Festival. And I was scared. I think we, we had the perfect slot time that day. We played in the middle of the day. Everybody was there. A bunch of bands had already played before us, and there was still more bands to come after us. We um, flew to Seattle, rented a van, then we drove uh, over the border. And then we got there and stayed at somebody's house, and, uh, and then we went and did the show. We got there. We got there real early in the beginning because I just want, I wanted to see all the other bands. That, that played before us we got there no one was there really and then the gates opened and then all the people come pouring in so it was getting to, it was getting down to showtime we got there we were like, okay you guys ready it's just another gig let's just get up there and show these guys what we got and wow was i just i was nervous because soon as we right before we went on i looked out in the crowd and i didn't re- i mean when you're standing down in the crowd you can only see so far. Yeah, there's a lot of people there. But when you're up on the stage and then looking over the crowd, I was like, oh, my God. I mean, we have never, ever played in front of that many people. And are they going to like us? Are they going to like what we're saying? Or are they going to throw things at us or boo us or whatever? So I was like, all right, man, let, let's do this. We came all the way up here to do this, so let's do it. So we went out there and... We just we just tore the tore the house down and it, it was weird on to me to me it, it seems weird how everybody loved what what we were doing up there. So when you when you play those shows and you get that vibe that you you feel the vibe of the crowd and we're up there without reservation and all that and and like ah oh, it just you just get more hyped up into it. I know I got video of it somewhere in in, the, in my videotapes, which I guess I need a VCR to to watch them. But um, it was awesome. I mean, when the show was over, we were like, wow, man! It seemed like it flew by like that. I think we had like forty minutes to play, and that was it was amazing. We were one of the ones from America. Uh, I think there was like three other artists other than us. They, they, they got to go up there and play how the, I asked the guy um, that, that brought us up. I said, how did you find out about us? And he was like, he went to, we did many shows throughout the Bay area. Yeah. They weren't all the greatest, but I mean, they were still fun. We did it and got, got the word out. And 
we did some show somewhere where there might have been like a handful of people 10 12 people yeah at the most but it's all right i mean we didn't care it was fun just to play and one of those guys was a guy from canada he bought our little four track uh four song cassette tape he took it up there played it for them they liked it and they wanted us to come up they they paid for us they flew us up there they they put us up um it was someone's house. I didn't care where we, as long as we had somewhere to stay. My wife was pregnant at the time too. So I was like, she needs somewhere, a bed to sleep in, not on the floor. So, but, and that's how we got up there. I mean, it, it, it was weird and crazy, but I mean, for you, you bands that are out there or groups that are performing, play anywhere you, you people want to want to hear your music. doesn't matter if you're playing to one person, that one person can be a somebody. And that one person can get you a bigger gig. That's what happened. That's what happened to us. I mean, a lot of the gigs we did again, I mean, we, there was hardly anyone there, but we still did it. And there was always somebody, Hey man, you guys are cool. Come play at this event. And that, and that's how we got a lot of our gigs. Someone saw us and then we would go play all these other places. We moved to Canada. We went all the way up there. We went up and down california and oregon washington arizona new mexico uh, colorado we went out to illinois and played in chicago i mean and all those shows was either somebody uh heard our little demo tape or heard the album when it came out or saw us at some some little show i mean we, we even we even did the powwow circuit for a minute when we played during dinner break and that was cool someone saw us hey man come play here I mean, that's, that's what we did. I mean, the, the name was out there and we, we were getting to play, we were getting to play everywhere, but it was starting to wear down on me. Like I, I just wasn't, I wasn't into it anymore. I mean, other, other my daughter was growing up, uh, my son, uh, Mark came along and I was, I was working and it, it was tough to get time off to go do what we were doing. So I was kind of like, I was just kind of easing back from it. Um, but I mean, I, luckily I had the job that I had then, I still have today. 26 years later, I've been working for that, for for um, the job I'm at. I work for an airline. And I, I give them credit as well. I mean, other than getting to all these places where we played, it was because of my job. I was able to to fly there and everything i mean so it was cool i mean flying all the way to chicago i don't know how much that plane ticket cost but i i got to go there because of my job and i took the time off and everything but all the places every every place we had to go out of state um i, I flew um pick me up at the airport <laughs> so uh, i did that and, and it, it was cool but yeah like i said I, I was starting to just get burnt out on all of it i kind of just didn't didn't want to do it anymore I was starting to feel bad because my kids were growing up and, and I wasn't there. I was out doing shows here and there. I mean, I, I, I think at our strongest time we were playing every weekend, somebody wanted us to play somewhere. So, I mean, that, that's how big we got. Um, and again, yeah, like I said earlier, it's, it's still weird when people bring it up to me and, and are you guys still doing it? And then I said, well, we didn't officially break up. We're just taking a, a long hiatus. Um, I've picked up the mic uh, every now and then since since the, the group uh, kind of stopped. Um, 
somebody I, I played i was in another band when i moved to this town uh it was it was more like a, a hard hardcore punk band type of thing and uh i just kind of got friends with them and uh it was right when that whole uh hip-hop and rock music kind of started to blend together uh during the rage against the machines and, and all that type of thing and, and they wanted to do something like that and i was like, sure man i'll do it and and that's what we did we, we only did a couple songs and then we did a lot of cover songs and then did other things um or not we were just I mean, we, deftones at that time was big and we, we did uh, one of their songs from their second album uh head up now that was that was always fun to do I mean, that was the last song we would close with. The band that I was in here was called BMK, Beyond Minds Control. And I, mean, I loved my Without Res years, but I loved being in BMK more because it was so fun. I mean, for for a little town that I live in, and those these kids came in full force to those shows. I mean, there was stage diving, big mosh pits, everything. I mean, there was times where we if we played a song and everyone knew it, get up here and sing it kids would be climbing over each other jumping up on stage and then we'd all be one around one microphone just going off man i mean that was so fun i wish i could still do that but not now i'm too old <laughs> and, and tired but it, it was fun it was amazing i mean i was much slimmer then and uh singing with the mic and then jumping off the stage while i'm still uh screaming and, and kids are holding me up it was crazy um, but it, it was it was a good time. I mean, music was always there. I mean, yeah, I was getting out of the without res thing, but I'm glad that I did that. And and it's weird again that people still remember that. I mean, people do see me. Hey, you weren't you in without res? I'm like, yeah. And then they'll I saw you here, or I still have your tape. And, and when they say tape, that's when I'm like, wow, you you remember that long ago, <laughs> but. <laughs> uh it, it's cool though man i'm i'm i appreciate everyone that comes up to me or us when we're together and uh they they do it um, i've done other things uh with my brother mike he my brother mike he was in the group as well i mean all the guys that were in without res it was a bunch of us at one point uh myself my brother chris mike uh, my brother Corey, uh sean sam uh, yardy uh my other buddy mike uh Shantae, uh jay and i know i'm missing some other people but i mean they, we, we, we weren't everybody wasn't in it at one time it was just different times guys come and go but i think the main the main two was my my brother-in-law and my brother chris and and, and me we, we were the main two that were from beginning to end he went off uh he was doing stuff my brother um he was doing he went to law school in colorado Oh, really quick with that. While he was going to Boulder uh, to law school, he was still, we were still doing it. And somebody heard, heard, uh, I think it was that, I think it was the second album we did. Somebody heard it and he was on a radio show and uh, someone called in or something like that. And then, then the, that guy got that conversation going. And then, so they were listening and then he got to do a show. So he can, Hey man, you should come out. Oh, at that time, I had left the group for a little while, but then he was, he, that show came along and he was like, dude, can you just come help me out and do it? I was like, oh. I, I, at that, I, I really didn't want to, but I was like, you know what? All right, I'll come out. 
one of my other buddies, uh, he came with me. Uh, his name is Mo. He was in a Chicano hip hop group called Atlan uh, Nation. They were badass, man. We they're still badass to me. We we done many shows together. Oh, they were one of the groups that went up, went went with us when we went to Canada. Uh, listen to Atlan Nation. I know that whole album's on YouTube. So uh, we fly out to uh, Denver, and then we drove we drove to Boulder. And then I said, well, where's this show at? And they go, I don't know. It's in some student union building or whatever. I'm like, okay, whatever. So we get there and they go, oh, you guys are playing downstairs. So we go, oh, okay, downstairs. And there's like pool tables and a bowling alley and a little snack bar. And there was a little place they called Club 92 or something. I can't remember. It, it looked like a little closet. So I walk over there and we go in. And it was this little small room. There's a little stage in the corner, little area where the, the, the guy does a sound. I say maybe it held maybe a hundred, if that. And uh, we we're like, okay, we did our sound check. And then uh, I know I noticed there was flyers everywhere when we were walking around the, the campus. And then we went and got something to eat. We came back and there was this line i was like what, what i was like what's going on and everyone oh there's this, this hip-hop group's playing tonight and i in my mind i'm like who so and so we're walking down the stairs and that line goes right into that place where we we're playing and i was like wow um there was these uh two no three three native sisters they were going to college there they they were from the bay area i remember the faces I, sorry i can't remember your name but they were like, hey, remember we saw you guys? And I was like, oh, hey, what's going on? Because are we going to be able to get in? I'm like, I don't know. And I was like, you know what? Come on. So I just, they just walked in with me. And then uh, we got in there and I was like, damn, it was packed in there. I was like, oh, wow. I, I just, I couldn't believe it. And for either they were just hard up for entertainment. And because I, 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 I did ask people, have you heard of this group? And they're like, no, no. But I, I, people are saying, yeah, someone said they're good. And I'm okay. Not knowing that I'm in the group. So the time, I thought there was going to be someone opening for us. No, I said, no, it was just you guys. And we're like, okay, cool. Time came. Everybody's in there. The house is packed. The music kicks in. Again, you feel that vibe on how everybody was into it. Uh, we did. Some of ours, some of our songs, and then we did some Atlan uh, Nation songs, and uh, everybody was into it. Everybody was grooving. The place was just jumping. I mean, the music was pumping out of the speakers. Had a lot. Shout out to the sound guy because he made it. He made us sound like we were the shit. <laughs> so, but uh, it was awesome. I mean, at one point, some dude was dancing hella hard. He jumps up on the stage and starts b-boying on the stage. Woo! We just stepped out of the way. He was up there doing flares and handstands and all that. Oh, it was crazy. <laughs> he was going off. So show was over. Everybody was like, oh, my God, where can I get your stuff? And I didn't know it was going to be this way. And I, I didn't have anything. I mean, my brother-in-law brought what he had, and it was just like a lot of leftover stuff. I just took names and addresses. Hey, give me your address. I'll send you something. And I did. I did what I had to do. I got home. Uh, I just got a new computer that had a CD burner. I was burning at uh, CDs and, and everything. I know you're not supposed to, but <laughs> I was burning our album as well as 
I did find some uh, a box of uh, our second album, so I was sending both of those. I was just putting the burn CD inside the second album and, and sending it uh, to these people, and it, it was cool. I was able to get get the music out that way. Uh, and then my brother-in-law, when the show was over, it was like, dude, you really want to walk away from this? And I was like, you know what? I think I can do it some more. So we, we continued on. But then as we were getting older and I was just, again, starting to get burnt out from it all, uh, more kids were coming uh, for me. And then I just, all right, cool, man. If we do it, we do it. If we don't, then I'm, I'm not going to worry about it. So again, shout out to everyone that still uh, mentions us or, or likes to talk about it uh, when when they see me. And um, yeah, but I mean, there was time. It was it the greatest times. No, if you've ever been in a band, it's 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 like a marriage, good days and bad days. Um, it it was tough. Many many arguments over nothing, and it was never like a money situation because we weren't mon- tons of money wasn't flying in. I mean, we got paid every now and then, but I didn't. I just didn't expect it. But um, it, it's it's cool that, that people still remember us. And um, uh, I, so every now and then if I go to a show and someone does remember us, hey, man, you want to get up and do a song with us? And Most of the time I'll go, yeah, sure. But then I, it's fun once I get up there and, and do it. But yeah, um, hopefully my, my boys uh, eventually start doing uh, more music uh, with the... I know my older son was, was playing... Uh, some guitar in one of his friends bands and my older my youngest he is he knows how to play everything drums bass guitar all of that and he's trying to get something going with his friends but music again music was always in my life and now it's in my kids and it's in my house and and it was cool my three of my sons that they all played the drums my daughter as well um so that was there and we were just uh living life growing up here uh, or my kids growing up here on the res being res kids up there plenty of family and cousins for them to live in live with uh, my older son he, he ended up moving away uh back to the bay area because there was um some tragic stuff hit our hit our family and uh about almost eight years ago. My son Kyle had an accident. Mm. He uh, was playing in his room and he fell off uh, off the bunk bed and I don't know, hit his head really hard and went into the hospital and uh, I went into a coma and he never woke up. And that, that it just floored all of us. And uh, it, it, throughout your lives, you're going to lose someone, friends, family. But as speaking as a father, Losing losing a child is 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 rough. I mean, it's it, it hurts every single day. Uh, sorry, sorry to get so. I'm good, man. I'm sorry that happened. It it was 
hopefully what I'm going to say will, will help some of you that have felt this, this pain and this loss. I mean, I tell my kids now, my, my older three, um, you guys have to live your lives good. Live your lives for your brother. He is with us all the time. Don't ever think that he's not there. And he, he said, he's home with us. He's home with you. He's always with you. I feel him with me all the time. When uh, he visits me when, I, when I'm sleeping. I don't say, oh, I, I dreamt about Kyle. I don't, I don't say that. He, he comes to visit me to check on me. And when I see him, I hug him and tell him I love him and I miss him. I know, I know he's always there. Um, before he passed, I made that promise to him. I said, don't, don't worry about anything. I said, I'll, I'll take care of your mother and your sisters and your brother. And I'll take care of your dog for you. And I, I just, I, at that point, I, Towards the end, I just, I knew he, he wasn't going to wake up. So I just, that, I didn't think I could go on anymore. Suicidal thoughts. Constantly. Not thinking I could go on. Not thinking I, I could live my life without him. But I always go to that promise. I promised I would take care of his his mom and his sister and his brothers. So that's what kept me keeps me going. That promise that I made to him, and I I don't, I don't ever want to break it. So I mean, it, it's tough to get up every single day. A lot of things remind me uh, of him, which is good because I don't ever want to forget him. Um, the studio that I have here in my house is his room. His room was, we didn't touch it for a long time. My wife wouldn't even come in here. It, it was too much. It, it just hurt too much. And it hurt me too. But years and years, and we finally went, you know what? I need to do something. He's probably mad that we're not doing anything with his room. So... We had we had a many ceremonies uh, for him, and then we came into his room one day and just started going through all his stuff. Man, this kid loved to collect garbage because <laughs> there was a lot of it in here. So <laughs> we threw a lot of stuff. Away. We we kept a lot of his things. Um, but. I think I think it was just, it was just hard on us because it was his room, and and again, like I said, I know he wanted us to do something with it, so we 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 fixed it all up, cleaned it all out. I got pictures of him all in here. He loves Star Wars. He he loved Metallica. He's got a picture of him uh, and my daughter with a guitar player from Metallica, Kirk Hammett. We met him. That's hanging on the wall. Uh, he loved horror movies. Um, Night of the Living Dead, my favorite zombie movies hanging on the wall, and he he loved that movie as well. The, the, the Friday the 13th, the Halloweens, the Freddies, and all that. He Star Wars was a big thing of his life. I have I love Star Wars as well. I mean, all my kids love Star Wars because of me. Uh, I got all that in here. A lot of things that that they're 
that he loved is in here. And a lot of stuff that he loved, I loved. And uh, I must have been his inspiration for the things that he loved. He loved collecting toys, I which I do too as well. That's why I was playing the drums, and that's why he, he liked playing the drums. And so I made sure that I had my drum set in here. And uh, he... He he he's I don't like to say he was or talk about him as in the past. He is. He's he's a strong little guy. And he, he he's in our hearts and in 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 spirit here always with us. I know a lot of people that, that have lost uh uh young ones, children. I mean, a couple of my buddies have as well, and we were there for each other. We we're still there for each other. I mean, talking uh, to, I talk to people uh, about loss and everything. I mean, I know it, it I'm glad that I can help them, but it, I mean, I'm still healing and I'll always be healing that part of my heart. And that part of me is, is not here physically, but he, he's here. But I mean, I'm just, I, I'm going, I'm going, I'm moving forward um, for him. And again, the, I always go to the promise, like I said, of taking care of everyone for him. Suck that his suck that his dog passed a few years ago. She had pancreatic cancer. Oh my god, that destroyed me too. But I mean, I'm I'm glad that I have a picture of. I I have one. No, it's in the living room. I need to get a, another picture of him and his dog and hang it in here. But I mean. It, Loss is tough, no matter what, be it a parent, a friend, or just a coworker, acquaintance. I mean, it's 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 there, and there's nothing we can do about it. But I I like to talk to people that that I can. I mean, I I always reach out to people. Like, if you need anything, or if you need to talk to someone, if you feel like you can't talk to a parent or your wife or your husband or whatever about loss i mean i always i'm going to talk when we talk about it on our show i'm saying you can reach out to me even if you don't know me you can reach out to me and i and i can tell you on how i feel and everything so it's it's people have reached out to me it's people that i don't know and i don't i don't ever turn anyone away I, i'll talk to them and and listen to listen to them always listen to to people and it, it was it's it's good it, it does make me feel good and i'm hopefully i I get through to them because I know at times we feel like you don't, you don't want to hear it from anyone. I, Cause that's how I was. I was like, you don't want to hear it. You don't know how I feel. I mean, going to a grief counselor about loss of a child. I, I asked the lady, I said, do you have kids? She was like, no. And then I, I kind of got mad. You don't know how I feel then. You don't have kids. You, what you know is from a book. That's how I felt. Was it wrong to say that? Yes. And no, but I mean, I didn't mean to yell at her, but I, I was at that time, I, I was mad. I was mad at the world. I was mad at myself. The blame game is always going to be there. It sucks that it happens, but it, but it does. Um, and, and does it break up marriages? Yes, sometimes it does. But um, we got through it, or we're still going through it. But, I mean, it's tough. I mean, I talked to my wife. I mean, we didn't talk for a long time. We, we didn't, we were, we were slowly drifting apart from each other. And we're, t I think once my grandsons were born is when we st I started opening up a little more. 
I mean, we both knew how sad we were, as well as uh, Kyle's sister and his brothers. I mean, I talk to them now, and they, 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 they're with us. I mean, we good and bad days. So, but I mean, we're we're, we're all here for each other. Um, once my grandsons came in, uh, I remember my young, my oldest grandson, Daniel. Um, when he was like a baby, my wife was holding him and hugging him. And she was like, oh, I love you. I love you. And really cuddling him. And I never, ever asked her this before. I looked at her and I, I said, are you happy? She looked at Daniel and looked at me and said, yeah. I, I didn't think I would ever hear that again. Because like I said, we, we, we weren't really talking much. But when they come over, it's it's about them. And do I spoil them? Of course I do. They're my grandsons. But uh, yeah, my grandparents spoiled us as well. So I'm I'm gonna do the same thing. I mean, like my parents when they come over, when the kids were little, they bought them everything they wanted, <laughs> and they still do. And they're all my my youngest. He's 16. But it, it, it's I don't know, it's how grandparents are, I guess. But they better not come at me. Grandpa, I need a car. Please, you may get a job. I had to get a job to get my first car. But um, leading leading from from my son into podcasting, he was the reason why I did I started it. Why I started my shows. Not not in a bad way. I mean, I needed something to to help me heal. Yeah, skateboarding was there. I rode my skateboard and when I ride my skateboard, skateboarding to me has been a depression medication. That's the only way I can put it. Even I mean, before I had kids, before I was married, if there was something going bad in my life, I got on my skateboard and my skateboard always made me feel better. It, it would, it got me focused and I was able to get through the problems that I had. And after my son, which I thought nothing could ever help me get over this, I'll never get over it, but help me with it. I got on my skateboard and I, I rode, went to a skate park, just riding down the street, riding in the driveway, just being on my skateboard kind of gave me some kind of center. It, it helped me focus a little where I didn't think I'd ever be focused again. And I'm still not, but it helps me when I get on my skateboard. It just my, I don't think about anything else. I'm thinking about riding. I'm thinking about balance and I'm thinking about just not falling, <laughs> but balance is, is a good word to find that balance uh, in your life to make, to help you go forward. Yeah. You go backwards on a skateboard, but when you get that, you know, when you get on it, you don't immediately go backwards. You always go forward. And I would I rolled forward and I would think I need I'm I'm gonna I need to heal myself. So I got on my board and just went forward. And and it helped a lot. I mean, not just skateboarding. I mean, whatever you love doing, any of you guys listening, be it drawing, reading, writing a poem, singing a song, going for a run, riding a bike, I mean, or just going outside and walking. I mean, that that'll it'll help you. Even though there's whatever issues you're dealing with, you think that nothing can help you. 
there's there's always that one little simple thing that could. And for me, it was getting on my skateboard. Um, yes, family and all that are, are here, and 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 I love all of them. But there was just there was just times where I was by myself, and it it was scary being by myself because my mind was going everywhere, and I just it, it was so bad to where there was times. I didn't even know where I was, or I didn't, I, I couldn't even remember what happened a few seconds ago. And that, that was scary to me. So uh, I drive to work. I drive 90 miles one way. I know some of you are like, what? I mean, I do what I got to do for my family. <laughs> so I started listening to podcasts. I was listening to Kevin Smith and, and all his craziness. And then uh, seeing other people, many different Star Wars podcasts people talk about. I was listening to those. And like I said, I love horror movies. So I found the Friday the 13th podcast I was listening to. Uh, and there was a, uh, in Reno, in the Reno area, there was a, a horror podcast. Uh, shout out to the Padded Room. I was listening to them. And then I reached out to the host, Darian. And I was like, you ever have guests in there like listeners and he was like yeah so he yeah come on down so i went down and he kind of we met up for uh, coffee and i don't drink coffee but i think i had like juice or something and he got to know me i'm sure he just didn't want some stranger up in his house and then he kind of grilled me on on what horror movies i liked and uh he was like, all right man you're pretty legit let's go so we went to the studio and we recorded the show and that's what got me into it. I'm like, man, I can do this. I mean, I got a computer. I mean, I, I got a microphone and I just had to figure out how to do it. He helped me. He, he, I asked, how do you set this all up? And he goes, well, I got this, I got that. And this is the program I use to record. And I'm like, okay. So I got that all down. I mean, I, I, I give all the, the, the credit to, to Darian and the Padded Room podcast for getting me going. So figured out everything I had to do. I got, I got a Mac computer uh, that I had that was, I never was really using much. I think I use it too much now, but then I started doing a show. Like, what am I going to talk about? That very first show was the one that was tough. Like, what am I going to talk about? Who's going to care what I'm talking about? Um, but one of one of my friends was like, you know what? Do it for you. Who cares if there's a, you only got one listener? Who cares if nobody listens to you? He goes, do it for you. Because he, he knew what, what happened in my life. He goes, if this is going to help you, do it. And yes, I mean, that, that was the main, one of the main reasons why I started the show was to, to, to just start talking and, and uh, talking about my experiences uh, through life and everything. And 500 and something episodes with E-Society, 100 and something with the MacNez podcast and all the other shows that I do with uh, other people. Uh, it has, and, and it still does help. I mean, I love doing it. This is uh, another, some kind of medication to help me get through depression. I mean, this, mm -hmm. this helps me uh, stay focused. I mean, I, I couldn't wait to, to do any kind of recording. I couldn't wait to do this. If no one listens to me, I don't care, but I love doing it. I still put it out there. Uh, well, someone's listening to us because I keep seeing these download numbers. And I, I thank everybody, every show for, for listening. And people do reach out to us, which is weird. But uh, it, it's cool, though, man. I, I love it. Um, 
it, it helps my buddy out as well. He told me when we were doing the show, yeah, man, it, it's really helped me. I'm like, good, man. Glad I'm helping someone. Um, but yeah, the, the shows that we do, uh, again, with the Magnez podcast, uh, well, let me go back really quick. Magnez, uh, for you hip hop guys that know Mac Dre, um, he, he was an MC from the Bay and he, he had, he had passed away. Um, I remember one of his new albums was coming out. This is way after the without res stuff. And, uh, we were sitting there laughing around. I was at work with my friends. It was like a best buy ad or whatever. And it said, Mac Dre's new album coming out. And I, at that when in without res, I was just Nez. And, uh, I was like, man, that's going to be my new stage name, Mac Nez. And we just kind of laughed about it. But then one of my friends goes, dude, that does sound pretty cool, man. Mac Nez. He goes, start calling yourself that. I'm like, all right, as a joke. <laughs> and then we did it. And then uh, uh, he, that's all he called me was, hey, Mac, Mac, Mac Nez. And then it was, it was from my buddy, John. <laughs> so it just kind of stuck. And then uh, once I was doing uh, some music with one of my friends, uh he wrote the whole song he was here dude here's your part just write this or read this or okay so i learned it and when i got to hey i'm whatever we're talking about and he goes and this is mac nez on the mic i was like whoa what he goes what you call yourself don't you (laughs) i was like okay so and it just kind of stuck it it was kind of an inside thing it was just mainly a joke in the beginning but then it it stuck and I, i it sounded cool i remember writing it out for the first time and like this is it looks stupid and it sounds stupid but i'm like you know what i'm, I'm gonna stick with it so a few more performances later with some friends or when we when we did do it with that res thing every now and then i threw the magnez in it and it just stuck and then when i was coming down when i was starting the show i mean it took me forever to record that first episode and i think it's only like 30 minutes long i don't know how many times i'd started it over and over and over but then I was thinking, what am I going to call call my show? I was sitting there thinking all kinds of things. And MacNez just popped in my head. I said, oh, shit, I'm going to just write that. People know me as that. Well, some people know me as that. So let me see. Let's see if this name carries. And I just wrote the MacNez podcast. And hundred and something episodes later, it's still there. And it'll probably all be there. It'll always be there. <laughs> but yeah. um, it, it, was, it was just, it, again, it started out as a joke. And it just stuck. So that, that's why I, that's what my solo show is called. Um, East Society came along again with my buddy when he came up with the name. He loved that show, Mr. Robot. And when they were talking about F Society and all that. And he was like, how about East Society? Well, he gave me a bunch of names, but East Society stuck out. I said, all right, that sounds cool. Just the E can be for anything. It can be for excellent. It could be for extreme. It could be for entertainment. I don't know. Every people are like, what does the E stand for? And whatever E, elephant. <laughs> I mean, it changes all the time. Um, mainly, we just say it stands for entertainment. So, but it just depends on whatever E name pops up in my head when someone asks. So, yeah, that that's going. Uh, that's got the most episodes. We have two different um, uh, podcast hosts. We got uh, Podbean, where which is the the main hub, the Skaterness Podcast Network. Uh, look that up and you'll see mainly East Society, but you got to go scroll through it to get to the MacNez stuff, but it's still there. I got more episodes coming. Uh, then, then when Anchor started, um, which was free, <laughs> so we started going. One of my 
one of my buddies, he's a, he's a huge tech guy. And he was like, dude, there's this new podcasting host. You should try them. It's called Anchor. And they're like, well, okay. And he was like, well, he goes, it's free. So just try it. So we're like, all right, whatever. Put it on my phone. We used it a couple of times. And then I was like, you know what, dude, we're getting a lot of shows and let, let's do, we do like a regular show, which is like an hour, two hours, sometimes three on the Skater Nest podcast network on Podbean. But then I said, well, we'll start some over on Anchor where the shows might be shorter. Like Maybe it'll be five minutes, 10 minutes, maybe an hour. And they were like, all right. So we started doing that and just using both uh, podcast hosts. I mean, it, it just was getting bigger and bigger. I mean, we got 285 episodes of East Society over on Anchor. And then we got 220 two episodes on the skater nest podcast network but with east society we started spinning off and onto these other shows we got like up to the challenge we got esp rewind and now we got es or we got the love society when we talk about love films and stuff like it, it's crazy I mean, it does the east society brand there's so many different spinoff shows from it and we it's mainly us sometimes just me sometimes just him but we we do it and everyone everyone loves it i mean i'm like cool right on thank you so much but yeah podcasting is, is a way to to keep my balance that that's why I, I do it and i love doing it my wife said she she likes when i do it because i mean it, it helps me and she knows that she does stuff that helps her and, which is good and my my kids as well man they they play their music or, or my daughter's got her, her sons that help her i mean the thing is weird about uh my grand mainly both of my grandsons my oldest grandson daniel he looks just like kyle exactly and he sounds like him or and, and he acts like him too and i maybe there's a reason why creator made him that way to help my daughter because she she took it hard as well and because I look at him, sometimes I do yell, Kyle, I'll go, Kyle. And then, whoops, Daniel, <laughs> but it, it's, it, it's weird like that, but yeah, he's, he's an amazing little guy as well as my, my youngest, um, his name is Flynn, but his middle name is Buster and Buster is my, uh, my dad's dad, my grandfather's name. So I, I just call him Buster. And that's all I'll call him. Will I ever call him by his full, his regular name? Probably not. Buster is what he's going to hear from me from here on out, but the with the show with the podcasting show with the Magnus podcast or East Society or whatever show, I also do some shows with, uh, with my other buddy on the Horror Returns Network when they're just strictly horror movies. We started two different shows over there where we talk well three different shows. We got the Wrestling Returns where we just talk about wrestling pay per views, then we got the Action Returns where we talk about action movies or TV, and then we got Stream Fiends where we find something that's streaming on many of these different streaming platforms and talk about it. This last episode we just can't put out. We talked about the 1990 hip hop comedy house party. We, we talked about that, but um, Macnes podcast. I do need to do more of uh, those. Uh, I got some interview stuff lined up. I just need to sit down with these guys and figure out when, when we can do it. Um, so, yeah, I mean, that's, that's definitely not going to stop. I should, I be doing it more uh, people, some people, some of my listeners, you need to do those a little more. I'm like, yeah, I do. But <laughs> East Society, come on, East Society's there. Listen to that. But they, they do. 
uh, other than being a podcaster, being a skateboarder and a father and just uh, struggling uh, out in this world that we all live in today, but um, trying to make uh, every day better than the last. And then that's pretty much uh, what I do. Um, again, like I said, I, we could be here more hours uh, talking about other things that, that, that are going on. But as far as being uh, a native podcaster, and it's not just me, it's not just uh, uh, Russ here. I and mean, there's many, many different uh, native podcasts out there to listen to. So find them and start listening support everyone. I mean, that that's what Russ and I, brother Russ and I are doing here. We're supporting each other. I mean, we've never met each other physically, but I mean, we're brothers. We're native brothers. We're, we're indigenous podcasters. And that's uh, what we want to keep our network. We want to make this network bigger. I mean, like, like I said earlier, right now, <laughs> there's the three of us that I know uh, Ian and, and Russ here, but I mean, we, I want to meet all these other people. I want to talk to all these other native podcasters out there and everything, or even you native skateboarders. Um, yeah, I'm out there. If you see a big fat guy on a skateboard with long hair, Hey, that's me, but uh, I'm still out there doing it, man. Yeah. I got to lose some weight, did some, uh, doctor stuff and the bottom line, lose weight. Okay. So I need to get myself back into better shape than just going outwards. Um, cause they, they did everything scopes from the front and the back. Damn. Luckily, everything's good. <laughs> so yeah. I was scared there for a minute, but uh, <laughs> everything that, that, that they found, they said it's all fixable, but nothing, no, no, no cancer or anything. Thank goodness. Um, but I, I, I gotta get, I want I want to see my grandsons grow up to be young men. I, so I, I really got to kick my ass in the gear and uh, make my, make my health better. Uh, so, but, um, what i'm doing just trying to make myself a better person um and uh work hard that's all all i can say for all you guys out there and um i don't know when the show's coming out but uh, happy father's day to all you dads out there and all you single moms punching that clock twice it's your day too so uh, uh my, my hat's off to all of you out there and everybody listening again if you are dealing with depression and you feel like you can't talk to anyone else i mean definitely you can reach out to me i mean i'll always talk to you if you want to come on the show uh be at the magnus podcast or, or the e-society just shoot shoot me a line i mean you can everybody is welcome to talk about whatever you guys want to talk about or if there's a tv show or movie or book or whatever you want to talk about that you think that people should know about let me know i'm not much of a reader i read comic books <laughs> that's about as, as much as my reading goes but uh yeah, I mean, that's pretty just my life up uh, to this point. But, dude, I mean, thank you so much for giving me this uh, opportunity. I mean, and I, I got to thank you again for coming on my show and uh, telling me telling me a little of your life, man. I Definitely everything is kind of going a little better throughout our country. Um, I'll fly out there. We can hang out. We can sit in your studio. Man, see, I get jealous. Uh, of you no one's well just my family has been in the studio here to record but I, I love seeing your pictures on instagram or facebook when you're sitting there with your guests i'm like man that's what i want to do but uh, eventually eventually everyone <laughs> but 
yeah brother man your your show rocks man man i love it i love listening to to all the episodes and hearing all your guests and yes i'm gonna steal some of them so uh <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah bro for sure like hit them up man they'll they'll go on like they'll talk about whatever and they're really great people and uh man like i just want to say like you know i'm glad uh you kept your promise and you're still here you know and yeah your your uh son's gonna always be there you know like you're saying like the podcast like having a podcast you know it's it's it is like it's medicine you know and then i've spoken to this with numerous people that it helps them cope with whatever they're maybe going through you know and it helps them just talk just to talk and just you know let feelings out or have someone listen to you or something you know it's just it's just a a a different feeling you know and and you're able to connect with people that shoot like you're saying like me and you like we never met physically you know we met virtually but we never met physically but shoot you know here we are you know we're we're indigenous brothers you know and we're always like here we're here now you know and we're looking out for each other and you know it's just a great thing that this little podcast world is able to do for people you know because i never i never even thought about what any of this meant before i got into it and i just you know i was just scared shitless to do it but you know, I'm so happy I did it. I'm so happy I'm meeting everybody and connecting. And it's just, it's been great. You know, it's been great. And, you know, I'm happy to, happy to know you, man. Happy to, happy to call you my brother. So, and thanks, man. Thanks for coming on, dude. Yeah. I enjoy your podcast. It took a while to kind of understand it, you know, because whenever we started following each other, you know, I, I looked you up on a, a Apple and, I was looking for what what was on your Instagram, which was Magnez, but all these other uh, podcasts were coming up. So I didn't really understand what was going on until I had to, <laughs> I started listening to each one of them and I was like, okay, so they just must be branched off from, you know, each thing that you were doing. So as I listened on, you know, I caught on to what was actually going on <laughs> because there was like so many things going on and I was like, okay, fuck it. I'll just listen to all of them. I don't give a shit. Like I ain't that's doing why, none. That's why we turned it into a network. <laughs> I mean, that's because before in the beginning, it was just labeled as the Macnes podcast. But then once we started doing E-Society and I was like, oh man, I better do something because shout out to my buddy, Jesse from the Horacopia podcast. Uh, he all, he's also on the network as well. We do shows from time to time. Um, he started because he he was doing other. He they had the main show Horocopia, but then he started doing other things, and so he turned his uh, little host into a network. And I'm like, I better do this because, like, yeah, some people were saying it, we're confused. Where's your show? And I'm like, oh. so I just turned it into a network. And then that coming up with the name, what the fuck am I gonna call it? And I was like, ah, there's a picture of a skateboard. That's what you guys see. I just said, fuck it. Uh, the, the Skater Nez Podcast Network. That was the first thing that popped in my head, and that's what stuck. Uh, will it change? Who knows? Maybe. But um, right now, that's what it's called. And then so that's why we started labeling each each show, E-Society, Mac Nez Podcast, and ESP Rewind, and Up to the Challenge, and, and all that. We started naming everything. The Mac Nez Podcast is just that. Every other show that's on there, is linked to e-society 
if it's not just straight East Society podcast, we'll put uh, ESP Rewind or ESP Up to the Challenge or whatever. Uh, it's always a part of that of, of that uh, monster or whatever that East Society is that, that it became. But um, yeah, so that that's what it. Is. Yeah, man, like like you said, I mean, podcasting it, it's good medicine. I mean, before when everything was really tough and going on, I mean, things are still tough. But uh, I was going to a lot of ceremonies. I was doing a lot of sweats. And that helped me out a lot, too, because I'd be just physically drained before I went in there. Going in, praying, singing. You come out refreshed. Like, oh, I, I can focus again. What, what I love, I always did them at night. And I would come out. And it was always a clear night up in the sky. And I could see other thing. I can just look at everything differently. And I can look at the stars all nice and clearly and being out in the res in Nevada, where I go is it just, I feel better. Yes, it is physically draining as well, but when you, I'm tired, super tired afterwards, but I always feel better. Like, okay. I'm more focused now. I can, I can go on. I mean, be, if you sweat or any other ceremony that, that, that your tribes do, that helps. I know some people, oh, that doesn't help. It's fake. Is that it? Don't listen to them. This is this is how um, our ancestors did it. There wasn't always pills and doctors and and all that going to psychiatrists and all that. I mean, that's how I was I was going to do it because in, in the beginning, uh, like when we were going to see the counselors, again, I just didn't I, I didn't see the need for it. Does it help some people? Yes, it does. I'm not saying it doesn't help. It'll it'll help you if if you if you want it to help you, and that's fine. That's good. No one's gonna judge you for that. To me, it just didn't it just didn't work for me, and I because I had to go in there and tell that story over and over and over. Like I just told you this story a hundred times. You want me to say it again? So I was just I, to me it was just getting repetitive, and I said no, nah, I didn't want to go. My son as well. He was like, you know what, this isn't helping me at all. So he he just found some other things to to help him to help him heal. So that's what I did. I was like, you know what, I'm I'm not gonna I'm not coming anymore. I told my wife, she goes, if you if you feel like you want to go, still she still does. I said, fine, that's you. I said, I'm just choosing not to go. It's making me feel worse than how I feel already. So she was like, all right, because I asked her, does it help you? And she said, yes, it does. And I said, okay, good. And you you can continue to go. I just didn't didn't see the need in it. I was like, oh, this isn't helping me at all. That's when I started going to ceremony. That's when I started going to sweats and everything. And that was helping me. And then again, riding my skateboard, then starting this podcast. This is my medicine to help me feel better. Riding my skateboard is good medicine. I mean, good medicine can be anything that can help you with what you're dealing with. Like I said, drawing a picture, writing a poem, writing a song, watching the movie you love and anything that'll help you kind of get focused is, is good medicine. So, I mean, there's, there's many different ones. This just, it just doesn't come in a pill form or a liquid form. I know some people go to drugs and alcohol, I'm not saying they don't, it, it does happen. Mm -hmm. Um, but I chose not to do that. I, cause that I mean that when it came to pills that, that she was like, here, I think you need to take this. She kept giving me prescriptions, take these pills. It'll help you. It'll help you. I didn't want that. I'm like, 
our ancestors didn't have this is my opinion and our ancestors didn't have pills that some somebody prescribed to us back in the back in the old days so i said i'm i'm going to do it all natural and uh it's helped me will it help you that's hearing me i don't know but this is this is what helped me get through what i was going through and what i'm still going through i haven't been to the ceremony in a long time since the the pandemic started uh hopefully at some point we can get back into doing it but i mean you can still do your own ceremonies uh, by yourself i mean i do that i mean and i pray um uh, i smudge myself um not every day but uh a, a lot of times when i feel that i need it or if i'm going somewhere um always have my son with me and i always talk to him uh, and that that helps me i mean if something's going on i'm like oh damn son <sighs> pops is getting old and tired after a long day of work or if i'm out riding my skateboard like oh Damn, son, I'm not as young as I used to be. I mean, that's my medicine, talking to my son. I always talk to him. Even when I'm, I feel sad for some reason that I miss him, I'll talk to him. And he shows me that he's listening. He shows me that he's there. He, little things will happen. Like one of these songs that, um, it was a song in a video game. It was that song... Um, I think it's called Take On Me by that band AHA from the 80s. I liked mm-hmm. the song when it was a hit, but it was in some video game that he played. Um, one of those Grand Theft Auto games. And he always liked that song when it came on. And he goes, oh, I love this song. I love this song. And this this has happened many, many times. There'll be times where I feel like it's just complete shit. Turn on the radio, that song's on. Walk into a store or wherever, that song is on. And that's when I know my son is there. Like, I'm all right. Here's a reminder. It, it may sound weird. Some of you may not believe it, but I believe it. I snap out of my funk. I mean, it, it's weird. Even when we're talking about him, like we'll be driving somewhere and we'll be talking about him and laughing and around. And then that song will come on. I'm stuck in the 80s, everyone. I listen to all those 80s radio stations no matter where I am. If I'm in a different city and I find that there's an 80s station, that's what I listen to. Yeah, I do listen to the new things, but I'm just I'm stuck in the 80s. I'm, I'm a child of the 80s. Um, I, I love all the 80s horror movies that everybody hates, but I, I love them. I love the Friday the 13th. I love the, the Freddies and the and the Michael Myers and all that and, and everything. I love all those. If you look in my library that's right next to me, it's all majority 80s stuff and then new stuff as well, but and Star Wars. <laughs> so, uh, but I mean, that's it's cool. I mean, you find out what's going to help you and the stuff that helps me does help me and like my family if they all have something that, that's going to help them be it music or whatever like my son if he does not feeling good he plays guitar because his brother loved listen listening and watching him play guitar like my oldest son mark would be sitting in here playing his guitar and kyle would be sitting there playing video games he'll turn the sound down just to listen to him so i mean it helps him and that and that's fine i mean and it's good I really need to clean the studio. He's probably getting mad at me because I'm his room's getting messy. But <laughs> we, just, we were doing some uh, moving around, and now I gotta move some stuff and everything. But again, everyone, you're not alone out there when, when it comes to loss of a loved one or just anything uh, that's bothering you or in your life. There's always someone that will talk to you. There's always someone that will listen to you. 
live your life good the best you can and just try to stay positive I mean, even though times think like they, they'll never be but you can always make it you can always make it better and that's what i'm trying to do i'm trying to make myself and my family as stronger and better as we can be to just keep going keep moving forward uh try not to look back on things that are holding us back just be strong that that's the main thing i mean just if you have kids love them love them and hug them tell them you love them every day got grandkids do the same thing your wife your husband your girlfriend your boyfriend parents whatever friends and russ i love you brother thank you so much and it's it's all i can say again i could be here all night (laughs) so i know we could (laughs) for real bro man i love you too but um what was i gonna say uh dang i lost what i was gonna say Damn, I always do that. <laughs> every every show I do that. I was about to say it and I fucking lost it. Uh, uh, I don't know how. Well, what's the closest airport to you? <laughs> uh, Tulsa International. All right, we fly there. <laughs> when does it get cool? Because I ain't coming out there when it's a million degrees. Fuck. <laughs> Oh man, I'd say near the end of September. All right, maybe. I don't know. The weather's been weird. The weather has been because it was, man. It was, it was like a real. There was some chilly weather, like until the last of May, which is really weird. And it was like a cool, breezy weather. All the way up until maybe a couple weeks ago, maybe a week ago, and it fucking got hot. It started, it's getting really fucking hot now. So, usually before, I don't know why, but around the end of September, it starts getting, you know, that little fall weather. But definitely in October, it, it, it starts getting cooler. It starts feeling nice around here. So, yeah, come through. Yeah, man, we'll, figure, we'll figure out a time. I just want to be out there in the hot. I hate being here when it's hot. <laughs> God damn, I, I feel you. Like, <laughs> I I hate going outside. It's like, and then like our AC, like just our our poor AC just pumping out cold air and it's barely even doing anything because it's so fucking hot outside. So I can't wait for it to like be evening time, nighttime, so our AC can start pumping out cool air. <laughs> <laughs> we got a swamp cooler. Uh, it's been going since I woke up. <laughs> so, but yeah, in the studio here, man, I had to shut the door. Uh, it's not too bad. I got the window open. But, <laughs> but yeah, man, I'll make it uh, out there, man. Fuck. We'll uh, record some more. For, Let's get part two out of this for, story. <laughs> for sure. For sure. Yeah, man. Fuck, you're welcome back anytime on this podcast, man. Anytime. Like, just come on and chill. Oh, and I was going to say, um, you talk about uh, reaching out, like for real. Like I tell people to reach out to me too. If like they're going through anything, um, just reach out to me too. Like I'm here to talk, listen. Like, because people just need to talk and fuck. I'll listen and try my best to say what I can to make you feel better. You know, I'm no, I'm no uh, miracle worker, but I'll try my best. You know, but sometimes people just need somebody to listen, listen to them. You know, as they 
talk about whatever they need to talk about. So I'm here to just reach out to me, you know, Magnez, reach out to us and we'll do what we can to help you out, you know? Yep. Definitely. But, but for sure, bro, like, thank you so much for coming on. Yeah. We could be here uh, two days straight, probably. <laughs> it's still not good. Everything yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it just makes it more, more, uh, more exciting for part two but man thank you so much for coming on you know telling us everything about you well not everything but you know yeah, there's more everything <laughs> but you know a piece of you and uh you know, I'm, really, <laughs> I'm really excited for everybody to hear it and um if you want do you want to go ahead and shout out all your social yeah um if you guys want to listen to the show uh we're on many of these different streaming platforms uh, Podbean is our main hub, uh, anchor as well, but you can hear those on Apple Podcasts, Castbox, Breaker, Spotify, Pocket Cast, Stitcher, uh, iHeartRadio, or Overcast, and the many other ones. Those are the ones that I know of. There's many other ones. Uh, you can uh, check out uh, my personal page on. It's private, but you just shoot me a message. Uh, I'll uh, accept it. Uh, at Macnez on Instagram, also. Uh, for e-society on instagram it's esp macnez pod uh russ here will put a an at on during the when, when he posts this so you can follow that there i also got a third uh page on instagram this one this one's pretty it's public um i love movies and uh, i'm a huge uh physical media collector so i have a, a blu-ray page where i waste all my money on blu-ray movies and i <laughs> post pictures of them uh, we got a YouTube page that we're going to start doing a little more on. There's some things on there, but it's not much. Uh, we're going to do more with E-Society as well as MacNez podcast and then just make random videos of, of places we visit and everything and post them on there. Uh, you can find us on uh, Facebook. Just look up uh, either the MacNez podcast or E-Society podcasts and then you can uh, follow those pages we usually put links to everything for new shows and everything on those uh as far as well as um twitter we have a uh twitter account um right now it's just uh under mine it's a uh, macnez podcast eventually i'm gonna start a uh e-society uh twitter um account and i think that is it um yeah, I mean everything related dealing with the all our shows uh, goes to Facebook um, and the many groups uh, that we're in, and yeah, Instagram. I mean, I'm I'm always on there uh, doing this and that and following other people and talking to other people, um, trying to line up some guests uh, for uh, future uh, podcast, future MacNez podcast episodes, as well as East Society. Everyone else comes on there. Uh, too but where our community within just podcasts since i've started has just grown and and it's weird though i mean yeah we've never met physically yet like in person um it, that it, it, it's it's weird though i mean we won't we won't be there won't be no those silent or those uh awkward silences if we're meeting yeah, yeah. because I, I i an example uh i started uh uh being a part of this show, uh, the horror returns. Um, I did many, many shows with them before I met them. And then when I, uh, the main guy that runs the show, his name is Lance. Um, he was like, yeah, man, we're, we're going to this uh, convention. You should come down and hang out. I'm like, oh, sure. So I flew down to Houston. He picked me up 
not even thinking anything of it. I was sitting there, standing there in front of the airport waiting, and I'm thinking, this stranger is going to come pick me up, and I'm going to go stay at this house that I know nothing about. And I was like, what, what am I doing? I mean, <laughs> well, well, we're always telling our kids, don't talk to strangers and don't get in strange people's cars that you don't know. And what am I doing? <laughs> but it, it was totally the opposite. He's an amazing guy. I love his family. And, and it was cool, man. And getting in the car and start talking first time we meet each other. But the conversation never stopped. I mean, because we've known so much about each other. I mean, it's weird. I mean, I, my buddy, Jesse, he lives in Pennsylvania and I've never met him, but we've talked and had serious, serious conversations. And then if, when I eventually go out there and meet him, there's not going to be that, that awkward silence. I mean, we're just going to be like, we're talking like right now. I mean, so, but it's cool, man. Yeah, dude, I can't wait to, to get out there. I've never been, I think I've been to Oklahoma, like just in the airport. I've never actually got out and went anywhere. So, but we'll see. Is um Tulsa? Is that where the Outsiders' house is? Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know where it is because that's what I want to see. <laughs> I could, I could find it. I'd been there like a long time ago, but I, I could find it again. So it's it's it it's everywhere. Like, <laughs> so I think they do like tours through there. So. Yeah, well, I was listening. Yeah. I was listening to a show, and they were talking about it. I, mean, well, I like, it I like, I like doing those things. Like, since, like I said, I'm in deep in the horror movies. I love going to places where they filmed all these horror movies. I love. I mean, I've been to the house where Halloween was filmed, or and I've been to the the Nightmare on Elm Street house in Hollywood, and uh, I've been to the Overlook Hotel from Stanley Kubrick's The Shining. I've been there. I mean, I. I haven't been to the Amityville Horror House yet. I'm, I I wouldn't go in. I, I I'm good. I I believe in all that stuff. But I mean, that's what I like to do. I like going to different. When I go to some different place I've never been, I always try to find out uh, was there a horror movie or or something that I liked filmed there. And I've even been to that Twilight House where the Cullens lived. If you guys are into those Twilight movies, yeah, I have a daughter, so I had to, I was I had to watch those. But I mean, that's just stuff like I like to do. Again, we'll be here all night, so yeah, we better bring it to an end <laughs> but dude thank you so much for for letting me come on i mean and again you're always welcome no matter what and everyone out there you guys open invitation you guys are always welcome as well just get a hold of me and we'll turn the mics on and go but all i can say is just dude thank you so much everyone out there be safe and just love one another Take care of yourself, take care of your families and, and, and your friends and just just party on and be excellent to each other. And always remember to rock hard and skate fast. Love you all. Yes, sir. Thank you so much, man. Yeah, everybody go follow Magnez, man. He's a really great guy. Can't wait for him to come out here. We can kick it and hang out and man, just go follow him and uh, go check out the podcast. Just go check it out and subscribe, rate, review it. It's a really great podcast, man. It's It's been around and just show that love, man. Just keep continuing to uh, support all of us. And, you know, we're out here just being creatives, you know, just uh, doing what we want to do. And, uh, yeah, my dog. <laughs> I thought that was a baby. That's my dog and her uh, chew toys. <laughs> oh, I thought it was a baby crying in the background. <laughs> no, she... Uh, wants to play it now so anyways but uh <laughs> but if you haven't yet 
please go follow or, or please go subscribe, rate, review, OK Podcasts, all platforms. I'd say just Google it and it'll pop up. And uh, go follow the Instagram page, Facebook page, TikTok, Twitter. Uh, I'm starting to get better at uh, managing all those. So, yeah, go follow them. Go like everything I post up. Go share it, whatever. And, yeah, so thanks again, bro. I appreciate it. We're going to have to do it again for sure. Hopefully, yeah, you make it down. We can do it in person. And uh, I guess until next time, everybody, peace.